afternoon and evening everyone. This is the British Blacklist podcast. I'm your host, Whelan Barzi, and today we're here with an exceptional gentleman by the name of Lamar Joseph, who is the host of the London Living Series. Probably one of the most exciting online, actually, correction everyone, the most exciting online Series. Go on. I'm trying to, yeah. yeah I'll tell you it's an online series. Yeah. It's going to be a new online series, live and direct. Well, I wouldn't say live and direct, but it's direct from Londoner, from a Londoner's perspective. And we're going to be showcasing and opening up the doors to the city because we feel that London is a beautiful city, has a lot to offer. There's a lot to offer between the areas, properties, and also the neighborhoods and communities. So, what we're going to do is we're going to meet with other Londoners across the city, whether it's in property or for local communities or local businesses and showcase the best of it, because this is London living. Oh, I appreciate it. I see that you've got the sales pattern done. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. And I'd like to point out to everyone seeing this a podcast, this is probably the first time that I've seen this gentleman not wearing a suit in the past four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what, actually every single time we've met up, so for everyone listening to this, me and Whelan go way, way, way back um, to like secondary school. So just so you know, there's a bit of context between the interview and the interviewee, we have a very strong relationship. Um, yeah, the last four years or three and a half years, yeah, I don't think you've seen me outside without a suit because normally I come and meet you after I finished the long working hours that I used to work. And That's I'll, right. And it'll be some some birthday celebration or something like that. And then, yeah, here we are. You know what? As soon as I already know enough about you, I'll allow you to introduce yourself. Tell the people a little bit about yourself, what you do, uh, who you are, where you come from. No, thank you. Well, firstly, actually, before I even introduce myself, I wanted to give a massive thank you to yourself, the British Blacklist, and also Akira as well, and the team for having me in this interview. You guys are my first interview, definitely not my last, but I'm going to cherish this as a milestone in, in the progress of it as well. So I'm, I'm really thankful for this. In terms of myself, where do I start? I basically just started a media company as a result of my three and a half years experience working as an estate agent in London. I worked in central London, um, so I started off in the Fulham area and then I moved into Kensington and Chelsea, so pretty much had a central London estate agency experience. I worked on the rental side of the market, um, which is renting properties. And then you also have sales, which is the buying and selling. But I focused on the on the rental side throughout that time. Had a good career, actually managed to gain some some good success over time. And I my initial goal when I started this job and even like when I was in secondary school and stuff, that every year needs to be better than the last because that's an easier way for me to track my progress because I can't then become complacent and have myself last year beating me. So I saw that, managed to get to a really good standing. Then I basically stumbled across what I'm doing now, which is going to be to focus on the media side of the business, um, kind of creating content, but creating it to where it's inclusive and engaging as well. And by inclusive, I mean, obviously, I'm going to be doing property tours, which I, I'm aware as in London, given it's a city which has quite a lot of expensive properties as well and has a thriving prime market, as well as a normal housing market as well. But as a result, I have decided it's probably best for me to include other parts of London because London is not defined simply just because of its properties. So what I find is that actually I love London, not just because I get to see exclusive properties that, you know, very few people get to see, but actually because of what London has to offer. We've, we've both grown up in London and I can say right now, like every time I think about back to our childhood, I just smile, I laugh because... We've had such a such a good experience growing up in London. You know, we the greatest, the greatest, hands down. I think this is the story that hasn't been told fully yet. 
And I think that's another aspect of it as well. You know, there's so many different cultures, there's so many different areas, there's so many different things to do that can easily be misunderstood because it's such a big city. A lot of things can be overlooked because there's always something going on. London is a fast paced city. Let's not make no mistake about it. You come here and the days go by, everyone's in a rush, like things happen. Luckily, 2020 kind of slowed things down a lot and allowed people to look at the perspective of what's happened. For me, it's been quite beneficial within that year to kind of look at, okay, where are we standing? What can we do? But yeah, so as I was saying, going back to it, it's about trying to include the community. So I remember when you first started your career in retail, I remember receiving that call. I was at uni in the library. This must have been around midnight. I think it was, I think it might have been your birthday. And you called yeah. me and you said, William, career change? I said, what? So I just, I just wanted to, if you could maybe touch on, your entry into the industry because Absolutely. a lot of people kind of see this industry as elitist in a sense of you need to have a certain level of knowledge and a sort of grip of what this industry is like before you get in. It's quite daunting when people see properties and houses and especially people that haven't owned houses and properties before or had parents that like had a mortgage as such. They just think, oh, this is maybe, maybe I might be punching above my weight. Mm-hmm. So well, how did you see this career as an option for you and how did you actually get into it i'd like to probably establish first with property there are various different elements you can work in within the industry so even in construction it can be developing it could also be a state agency i worked in a state agency so how i joined so that time that i called you was one of my friends who you also know as well works for foxton so i basically spoke with him he made like a referral and then I had a phone interview literally about two hours later and then from there I got an interview went into the training center for like the interview process and then within about four days I managed to get the job and that was having no experience in the real estate industry that was only me having experience working in a fine dining restaurant for about two years prior I worked in security for a little bit whilst I was doing my own like self-studies Um, for a few months in between that but overall I would say I had no experience going in and it on the outside looking in when I first looked at it or when I first you know heard about the opportunity or my friend spoke to me about it I looked at it with kind of closed eyes to say oh well that industry I don't really think that would be right for me you know these guys do whatever it is and I had a bit of an opinion and a perception of what it is. Could you speak on that what made you feel as if that industry might not have been for you? I didn't think it was, I couldn't do it, but I just didn't, it didn't cross my mind as a career that I would choose. An estate agent, really? Like, what what do these guys do? And the only understanding that I'd had prior to that of estate agents was stuff that was negatively reported in the press. So that didn't help. And then obviously, I think prior to that, I'd probably watched like Wolf of Wall Street. So I probably blended in some of that film, (laughs) thinking that it was some kind of reckless environment where people are like throwing each other off tables and stuff and and trying to screw (laughs) it, like some whole big drama. I don't know what I had in my head. Like when I actually got to the office, I was like, this is nothing what I expected it to be like on the bad side of it. It was actually quite good. Um, But I think getting into the industry, especially in the UK specifically, because I know it applies differently to different countries because like for example in the US you have to go for a regulator you need to get a license etc here not as much yet although I think the industry is probably going in that direction especially like in the lettings industry and sales as well so the most important things that I think they well from what they told me that they've seen is number one if you want to be in the role I was in which is a negotiator or an estate agent where you're actually going to the properties meeting people you're doing the deals, you're transacting, you're driving up and down in the nice cars, etc., or starter cars, and then you get to better cars, whichever company you work for. That was one, because I had a driving license. 
So that I need to stress that importance of that. If you want to be an estate agent, 95% of the time you're going to need a vehicle because ideally you're going to need to take customers from A to B to C to D because when you're doing viewings, if somebody's going to look for a property with you, you're going to want to make the most out of the time that they've taken out of their day to come and see you. And by doing that, rather than them just showing them what they've come to inquire about, you take the proactive approach and show them what would meet their requirements. And the way you would do that is you speak to them on the phone beforehand, et cetera. And that brings on to the point number two of what you need, confidence to speak to strangers. You need to be able to put someone at ease, put someone at the center of not just attention, but the focus of your assistance or your help and your expertise and reassure them that you are the best person that is going to take hold of their search. Even when you're starting, Yes, you may not know everything, but you can give somebody reassurance by, you know, speaking to them on a face-to-face -face level, understanding what their requirements are. And this is luckily all training that you get before you start the job, like from where I worked. So luckily you're not just thrown in the deep end day one and be like, right, make, make some phone calls and do me some deals. So you do, it's good to work for a company that gives you some good onboard training to start with, because I think that's necessary before you enter the industry, especially if you have no experience. So those are the two things. And I think thirdly, you need to have a bit of a determination for hard work and to want to succeed. It's not an easy job because you are working above average every week, probably, I'd say maybe 50% more than the average person. You're probably, or maybe wow. normally the normal working hours a week are about 40 hours. I would say as an estate agent, you're probably looking at 60. But depending on which agency you're working for, which company, I don't want to give out um, brash figures because some may be less depending on the working hours or flexibility but this is from your experience I'm yeah this guessing. is just from my personal experience so mm. that was working from about eight till eight monday to friday and then you'll work on saturday normally you work every other saturday but saturdays are a day when you know when you're dealing with clients who want to rent properties an example these can be teachers these can be professionals who are working during the day these can be people who work in retail hospitality people who have all types of schedules and like timekeeping professionalism uh, also things you need as well but i don't think you have to enter this industry having experience but what if you don't have experience what you need to show them is that you have the determination you'll do whatever it takes to want to get to that level that is of the top performers in terms of the confidence aspect that's something that you acquired prior to in terms of even believing that because when i asked you about if you felt like you could do this job or what put you off or what maybe made you feel like it was for you the first thing you ruled out you said i knew i could do it before you even thought about whether you wanted to do it, you had the confidence to say you could do it. Where did that element of confidence come from? Like, I guess in your upbringing, your growing up, or maybe in your maturity, where you've just looked at things and felt like, there's no reason why I can't do this. That's the mentality that I've had for a while, because for me, it's a case of, if I'm gonna start something and I've chosen to do it, I'm going to do it. If I can say to myself that I think I can do it and give myself the chance, if in the end I've given it enough time and that can't happen, then I can at least sit back and say, I really gave it a good try and I don't have any regrets because it's not a failure because there's a lot to learn. Even if you, failure is, is a massive lesson in itself and so is success from, from both angles of it. So I think the first part of the confidence really has to come within yourself. Then the next level of confidence that comes, and this is the increased level, is from the journey and the experience. The journey and experience adds a new layer of confidence that not only am I confident I can do this, but I actually know what I'm doing. I know what I'm saying. I know how to deal with this situation. I've dealt with this situation before, or I've helped others in this situation, and this is what I can advise you. This works perfectly for our industry because you commonly have find that there are similarities between people search. And although 
everyone's search when they come to you is about them, 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 which is rightfully so because this is their home that they're looking for. So it is all about them. But because you deal with so many transactions that are similar, you start to build similarities and experiences that can sometimes actually help you navigate situations a lot easier. It puts a lot of people at ease, even myself, when you know that you're dealing with somebody who's got their hands firmly on the situation and can help you get the best result you're looking for. That comes across perfectly in your series. Thank you. No, honestly, because unfortunately, as you know, we're living in a social distancing lockdown, I guess, emphasis society where there are limited avail availability and ability to actually enter different spaces. Mm -hmm. But with your series, I think it's so timely because it allows people to see properties from the comfort of their own homes, from somebody Correct. who knows what they're talking about and someone who's confident in that. So Correct. I just wanted to know like that specific idea, seeing as I can already see that you like to manifest and you forecast things about what you can and can't do. Correct. Did this idea for this series come about during the pandemic? Was it- This part's exciting because it was before. Um, it was 2019. I went to New York a few times that year actually. And- Business so or pleasure? Pleasure 90% business 10 <laughs> yeah business 10 um it was just more for me to see what it was like over there the second and third time like on a more in-depth places the first time was just a birthday treat and then the second and third time was me going back there myself just to do a bit more digging and see what the difference is between here and there but I think it was 2019 that I first kind of grasped the idea and where I got it from that would go to a gentleman from the United States he's actually a world-renowned successful estate agent named Ryan Serhan and there is also another gentleman called Eric Conover as well. So these two channels I stumbled across because I was just interested at looking at, you know, what would property tours look like on YouTube? Because um, I was kind of like, why are there no agents putting videos on YouTube? And I was like, no, nah, let me not think that. Let me type and search it in. And I started to stumble across it. And I was impressed. And then I, when I went to New York, I was also impressed. But I'm going to say as much as I do have a you know, a special place for New York. London is at the core of my heart and nothing is going to move that for a very, very long time. And I, I have to say that, frankly. And I also looked at it and said, okay, what's the difference between our city and their city as to why theirs has so much more coverage than us? And I said, there's no excuse. London is, is a city that has, if not, I'm going to argue, even more to offer. But we've done a very good job at closing our doors. And people still know about London. London's still very popular, but we haven't even had to show the full extent of London yet to even get this much attention which is a good thing but it's also for me as well I, I can't sit in complacency because it's just something that I, it's, it's one of my pet hates so with that this year was just perfect timing as to what happened I'd filmed one of the first videos I'd done at the start of the 2020 before we even heard any news of a coronavirus and then as it happened it was almost like well this was a blessing in disguise really because look at the time that we're in now during the first lockdown that we had in 2020, I couldn't actually film much. But after that, I kind of still was toying with the idea with my company. But then I decided, actually, I think for the kind of creative ideas that I have behind this, because I want to work with so much more people outside of just property, I don't think it'll be fair for me to do this under a corporation's brand, because this is something that's still very new. It's a concept that hasn't been proven yet. So I'm going to take on the responsibility myself and, and do this on a, as a personal project. That's pretty much where it is. And most people have said now this is almost perfect timing for this as well. There might be a time when you guys are listening to this, hopefully years down the line where you don't even know what a lockdown was. Yeah. But as I speak <laughs> right now, we literally cannot go anywhere. So having 
a series that takes us inside of people's homes or we can't even go to our friends' homes. So no, it's great. It's, it's great in that aspect. And I didn't know that this idea was something that you brought to a corporation prior. Mm-hmm. And in terms of creating your own ecosystem or building another ecosystem up, mm-hmm. I really feel like that's a very important conversation that um, like we need to have in our culture about how everyone has their own roots about going about things, but mm-hmm. your particular route was of course, to maybe try it at the beginning and pitch it to whoever you were working under or working with mm-hmm. and then decide that maybe this might be something I'd be better off giving wings to my own because I could push that and I could take it places that they might restrict me rather than, I guess, allow it to flourish. So I just wanted to know about that process. You're right. In terms of choosing to go by myself versus a corporation, I decided to bring it to them first because I'd gotten to that point as a result of them giving me an opportunity. I'd obviously made a great success of it. So as a result, I was like, if I've got this idea and it's related to this industry, well, first people I'm going to pitch it to is the people I'm currently working for. You want to give was... them first dibs. Exactly. Yeah, exactly that. And obviously at that time for me, it was still very junior. I still was working with the concepts. It was very early at that point. But then as I said, the lockdown hit, I started to look at, okay, if I'm not able to, you know, push this through in the company, if I can't, you know, have the full creative control, the best thing for me to do is to take the risk and, you know, make my own company and start my own brand and work with the industry as more of a support role, as opposed to being just a negotiator. Me personally want to take that risk, come down to two factors. One is because I strongly believe in this. There's a space for it as well. There's an opportunity there. And I would say for me, the final point really was that because I'd had such a good time working as an estate agent, naturally I did manage to make quite a good bit of money as well. So I was able to save quite a bit. So me then taking on this risk of starting a new company right now, I don't have as much of the stress as I maybe would have, let's say two years ago, if I tried to start it with little funds, because now I've got enough funds to sustain myself while I'm out of, out of work. And that has come primarily through investing in savings. The higher the risk, the higher the reward in that. I'm definitely seeing the fruits of your labor just manifest right in front of us. And it's beautiful oh, to watch it flourish, man. man. No, <laughs> no, so honestly, honestly, man, it's so good to see. It. And when I see, it, I guess I'm seeing it from the perspective of someone who's known you for a very long time, a friend. Mm-hmm. Other people are seeing it from the fact of someone that looks similar to them doing mm-hmm. things that they might not necessarily have seen other people that look similar to them do. In terms of the people that you're showcasing these properties to, when you used to do it like in the flesh in person how receptive were clients to i guess seeing you and meeting you the first time i would say that the representation is increasing i still think there's work to be done this industry is quite unique from my experience working as an estate agent this is i can only speak on my personal experience to draw from this it was actually very good so in that aspect of people meeting me remember you have a chance to speak to people on the phone so they'd be they normally become acquainted to you prior. Normally when they meet you as well, not everyone you'll speak to on the phone, but most you will. You can then speak to them in person. If you're a people person, people will slowly start to gravitate towards you. And you also need to know how to deal with different personality types as well, because there are some people who want to hear less of what you have to say and more about the property or the figures or vice versa. So I think that comes with navigating different persons and personalities and how they, how they reach as well. But honestly- Any speak- standout experiences? So I can't specify the country, but I will say that I'd rented a flat to a, a high-ranking military diplomat of uh, one of the countries who have their embassies here. And that was, I think, 2018. And that was when I was working in Fulham as well. We had gotten really well. It was really, really nice. And he kind of just 
talk me through his journey. And I'd like to understand where people come from, their journey. How do they get to this point that they're now looking to move in London, especially when they've come from abroad? Because it's like, wow, you've actually grown up somewhere else. You've seen a different whole lifestyle. And now you're here in London. It's like, what's brought you here? So normally I'll try to find out about that as well. But we got on really, really well. And then a year later, actually, off of a you know referral from him, the start of the year, one of his colleagues was another diplomat also, or think, yeah, sorry, from another actual embassy, not even his diplomat, but another diplomat from another embassy was mentioned to me through the person that I'd rented. And then later on in that year, I'd actually received an email around September of 2019 that the embassy themselves were looking to relocate their premises and they've requested for my assistance. And that came off of the result of the recommendation from the first diplomat that I'd rented to. And when I saw that, I said, wow, I, I was speechless because at that point it showed me that what you present to people to an, most likely is what they will judge you by. People are gonna have their perceptions to an extent, but also there are a lot of people who don't have many encounters. And sometimes you may be their first encounters. You may be one of their few. And I'm not saying people have said to me, oh, you know, I, I thought you were gonna be something different, but I've walked away with nine, I'd say probably eight out of 10 experiences being pleasant. And that is something very rewarding. Referrals is probably the best way to probably, I say, measure it. And I used to get quite a lot of referrals. Like you'd receive a random WhatsApp message in Hi Lamar, I've been recommended to you by such and such. And when you start to receive those, you realize actually, yes, I'm aware of you know the color of my skin, how I look, where I come from, but evidently this is not, I wouldn't say it's not important because it definitely is to me, but also as well, it just goes to show actually you still need to have the fundamentals because whether you're from this country, that country, this color of skin, that color of skin, in a job like sales, for example, the numbers don't lie. And, you know, the top producers are the top producers and as such. And I actually finished in 2020 in my division, which is covers like basically the luxury area of central London. So like South Kensington, Knightsbridge, um, Pimlico, Earls Court, Fulham, etc. And I actually finished first in my division. And I will say, of course, in terms of, you know, the people there, there's, there's a whole mix of people from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, but yet everybody still is treated with a level of professionalism and respect. And I think that's one key thing that you have to have with people regardless. If you don't have a level of respect um, and appreciation for another human being, the things break down very quickly. But if you can show appreciation and respect, you can actually build something above that as well. And that's normally where you get everything coming out of. So, yeah. Now that, that appreciation and respect aspect is so important. And I feel like as we've matured into young men, we've been able to, I guess, navigate in a way that we can maybe know our own self-worth and command that a bit better. Yeah. But I felt like growing up, we were looked at, quote unquote, as young black boys. Mm -hmm. And as prideful as I am about that particular label as such, mm -hmm. it, was, it didn't have good connotations. Mm -hmm. The connotations of, quote unquote, young black boys meant delinquents, meant troublesome, meant all of the above. And I just wanted to know, Grown up, was that something that you ever encountered whereby now you can command a certain respect when you talk to people and people look at you as an individual, as a professional, as somebody who knows what they're talking about? Um, surprisingly, outside of school, no. Um, growing up, I would say not as much because, again, like I was never disrespectful. I was always very polite and nice as well. And I, I was always quite smiley. And I, I've always been able to get along with people, talk to people as well. So I guess that aspect of it. I wouldn't say I've noticed as much, but the labeling, yes, to an extent, um, part of that because I was naughty, as you can probably recall as well in school. But I do agree that there were some, let's say, 
negative label connotations when we were growing up. But then I also realize, and I think this is definitely to the to the younger generation who are coming up, because I don't, I'm not saying it's any different now. I'm not sure I'm not in the school system. But what I would say is, especially now that I'm an adult, labels only give only mean as much as you give weight to them to. Um, the more you allow those labels to dictate who you are is the more likely you'll become what those labels are. So if you're labeled as a bad child who might not have the most successful future or you know you may end up down a certain path whether it be right or wrong, you decide what label you want to, to, to choose for yourself because how you see yourself is the direction you choose to go in. And I think that's where it comes down to. So be aware, you know, not everyone is going to like you. Not everyone is going to do everything in support of what you do. But at the end of the day, you have to choose what direction is going to be best for you because it's everyone else's opinion at the end of the day. And labels can change as well. It's, I've seen labels change, funnily enough. And that I saw from when I went to my first secondary school to my secondary secondary school, these were two completely different Lamar Josephs. And if these teachers had aligned each other, they would have been like, we're not talking about the same individual here. So that's that's what I'd, I'd come back, to, um, back down to it too and give yourself a chance as well. I'd just like to correct one point. I wouldn't use the word naughty. I'd say you had a lot of character and charisma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, correct. And, character and charisma <laughs> and cheek, tongue in cheek. I was definitely witty and cheeky, definitely, but yeah. <laughs> so um, I guess in, in, in closing, before I ask you some quick fire questions, don't worry, it won't be anything incriminating. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to ask about um, this particular London Living series. It's an offshoot of Pembridge Media, if I'm not mistaken, which is also something that you're working on. What are the plans for all of it as a whole? So London Living, the plan is to show as much of the city as possible from not only just the property perspective, but I also want to get into local businesses, the areas, you know, what areas have on, whether it's the local markets, um, whether it's part of the schools as well, just because that's also part of the family side of London, because London is also a family city alongside being you know, a, a busy, busy metropolis. So that's the side of it as well. But also working with, you know, like entrepreneurs, different businesses that are kind of coming up. And this is just to start in London, but eventually, you know, in the future, we'd like to expand it out as well. But ultimately, the primary focus between that and the link and Pembridge Media is video content, putting faces and people in front of the camera and also showing the best of it as well. That's it. That's something that we're definitely looking forward to seeing more. And in one word, what has the feedback been like from the, I guess, the people and the realtors that have allowed you to showcase their properties? I can't, I can say one sentence, but not one word. Okay, I'll let you get a sentence <laughs> off. When's the next one coming? So yeah, the, ne the next episode. So right now we're on the 8th of J January. So as of Wednesday, the 14th of January, you will see the second episode. And I'm going to say it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to say anything. I'm just going to drop it. And then you're going to be like, okay. Okay, because uh, London Living also hasn't come here to play games as well. Like, trust me, we're playing with the big boys here. So you're going to see what we're dealing with. Yeah, home's under the hammer. Look out, man. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar Joseph is on the loose. Just because you said that um, you're just going to drop it, I guess that's a perfect time to plug your social so that everyone knows where that is going to be dropped to, where they can find out more about yourself and about the series as a whole. Absolutely. So head over to YouTube and type in Lamar Joseph. My face should probably come up uh, with the channel and then you'll see some of our videos, which has got the London Living series. Um, and then you've also got our Instagram as well, which is Lamar Joseph underscore. Um, so yes, yeah, so head over to YouTube, subscribe, remember to like as well the videos if you can please but yeah and share that as well share that <laughs> if you like it and you think it's good share it if not tell me what it is and we'll sort it and that's it
now time for the quick fire questions. So go ahead, go ahead. make sure you're on your toes. Yeah, we'll just start off with um, a book that you have in your collection that you'd recommend to somebody else. Ooh. Or that's helped you get through something. I'll give this one to The Way of the Wolf by Jordan Belfort and The Wolf of Wall Street. As much as obviously he's got a bit of a, a story behind him, that book breaks down sales probably better than any other. And it really breaks it down into a process that you can learn, understand it, and really hone in your skills. So yeah, Way of the Wolf. A film or TV show that you'll watch whenever it's on repeatedly, no matter how many times you've seen it before. Yeah, Godfather. With the exception of the scenes where I have to, yeah, scream at the telly. But yeah, the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> One, oh, two, God. or three. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> two definitely two. okay cool right, <laughs> you fit that one two. quick i like yeah, that yeah, and then the next one is somebody who's inspired you it could be wheel and barzy it doesn't have to be but it could be oh you're stretching, <laughs> you're stretching. <laughs> <laughs> um do you know what actually for this one i've actually thought about this particular while and out of all the people that i can choose to you know to really say that have inspired me i would give this to all of the you know the adults the mentors like the when i say guardians i don't mean like actual gardens but I just mean as in those who have looked after our and protected our futures like teachers whether I've had when I used to go judo when I used to go army cadets and used to go different things and you've got different adults that really helped you along the journey those are all my inspirations because along the way they have all not only just had an impact on me but they've also had an impact on others who are like me as well and I feel like those are the you know the silent heroes that kind of get overlooked we kind of always look at okay what celebrity would you want to be like I want to reverse it and be like, who's had a positive contribution to your life thus far? Because those probably are the same people that have had positive contributions to others. Significant figures in my life that I'd really like to give a, a massive thank you to as well, because I wouldn't be at this position now. As modest as you're being, which is great, we definitely do need to shine um, a light on people in the community who are doing good to safeguard the futures for the next generation. But you yourself are grown into that stature with your platform and what you're delivering to oh, thank you to yeah to society so we really we really appreciate that and i not, not only speak for myself but everybody else so um yeah thank, um, thank just why i'd let you know that and i also thank wanted you. to ask you the best piece of advice that you've ever been given have respect and appreciate others i thought you were going to say take your shoes off before you enter a stranger's house <laughs> <laughs> De definitely too definitely too <laughs> Um, you're normally the one who's delivering homes and showing showcasing houses to other people but mm -hmm. you yourself what is the location that you would want to live in if money wasn't a factor and I probably would go to Guadeloupe in Caribbean French Caribbean for a, for a while yeah I need some I need some good food and some good sun and some good music so yeah <laughs> I'm going Guadeloupe <laughs> bye, <laughs> yeah, bye. Um, and then I'll, then after that I will yeah no it'll, it'll be I, I need to go to the Caribbean yeah yeah 100% Okay, cool. Okay, good. I just wanted to see if you were going to sell out on us Londoners. And you did very quickly. Yeah, very, yeah, very oh, quickly, yeah, yeah. No hesitation. You gave, you gave me an opportunity. You gave me an opportunity. Because I feel like I, I don't actually, I'm not going to say to myself, even as a Londoner, as big as the city is, I don't know every corner and crevice of what the city has to offer yet. But I think from this series after that, like give it a year or so, I'll be able to give you a solid answer. So on our next interview, we'll, we'll double back to this question because there will be another one. Oh, it's good. I've done something right. He wants to come back, guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. This is this is this is one of 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 many. I'll be I'll be I'll be back for show. We'll be looking forward to having you. And the last question: What has made you sad, mad, and glad this week? <laughs> this week. So I would say sad. 
more so in let's say the last three years was like loss of family members and relatives and close ones um i've had a few instances with those even to covid as well um but even prior to that um so those those were more of my saddest moments and that was actually whilst i was still working um at foxton's it all happened quite quickly between different family members um so those were the sad times what has made me mad i'm gonna say personally i i don't really get mad that easy anymore um so i would say i don't have anything that's made me mad per se I, i'm quite nonchalant about some things as well but for glad last year or being able to start a company having success in an estate agent and actually proving to myself that i can start off with having no experience and giving myself time training myself you know dedicating myself to be able to turn it into a success that is by far the gladdest moment because that proved to me to myself that actually okay do you know what if you are going to set your mind to something and really give it your, your all best you are going to achieve it no matter how long it takes you and the key word is no matter how long it takes because some people it's quicker some people it's longer but yeah that's my answer thank you for your time thank you for everyone who's listened in definitely look forward to having Lamar Joseph back here again his thank series you. is the London Living Series I encourage you to follow subscribe share and definitely reach out to him. If you've come from Wheeling as well, please make sure you put it in the in like any message or description. Say I came from the podcast, and I will I will respond anyway. But I'll, I'll give you an extra extra warm response. Wheeling, thank you very much for having me on. And again, back to the British Blacklist team. But honestly, the team's been amazing for for bringing the opportunity to have me on. Um, I really really appreciate it, and I hope the next time I do return, that we will have a massive improvement and even more to have discussed over the course of, of London living and whatever else is going to unfold. Mm-hmm.